What do you get when you mix sideburns, shitty music, and plastics? You get a good reason to watch movies after work. Hey there, guys. I'm Tom Screen. And I'm Alex Duez. <sighs> Fucking X-Men. <laughs> We're doing X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Yeah. Just, get yeah, fuck. All right. Let's, <laughs> I... No, I if I if I start, I'm I'm not gonna be able to stop. So trailers, <laughs> trailers, movie trailers. Let's talk some movie trailers right now. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna uh, let's start with a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Tom Cruise is uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, Tom Hanks, but yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is how much this, this is how stupid movie has <laughs> fucked with my mind. <laughs> I would be interested in Tom Cruise, just manic energy. Hey! It's <laughs> um, Can you imagine if Mr. Rogers was just a big Scientology ad? <laughs> Dear God, that's depressing. No, we, we can't. We are not allowed to riff and talk shit about this trailer because this trailer had me crying at mm-hmm. the end. Oh, yeah. Like, I legitimately was crying because... Being from Pittsburgh and having a grandfather who I saw just as Mr. Rogers because, you know, he was so mm-hmm. full of joy and, and just wanting to help people. Like, Mr. Rogers is a, is a very pivotal figure in a lot of Pittsburgh youth's lives. Yeah. Um, so, like, anytime I, you know, I've... Shame on me, I have not watched the documentary yet because I know it's going to fucking ruin me for days. I um, didn't even make it three minutes into the documentary without crying. I was sitting in that movie theater, tears streaming down my face. Yeah. I I own it. I want to watch it again. <laughs> but I'm not emotionally ready to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> I, like, I literally, if I watch the trailer for that documentary, I know I'm going to start crying. Yeah. Um, this looks incredible. This is... It looks fantastic. This is more more perfect casting than Mahershala Ali as Blade. The, you yeah. know, Tom, <laughs> Tom Hanks, America's sweetheart, as Mr. Rogers, yep. America's literal sweetheart. Like, yes. Mr. Rogers, without question, was America's moral compass. Yeah. It still is, to this day, to a certain extent. But he was, the mor- he was a moral... He is... One of the greatest moral compasses that has existed in American culture and history. Yeah. And it, it, you... He's one of those figures that, like, no one is able to, like, talk shit about. Well, people like, try to, but they always do... Literally, they're always... Just, like, when people try to do a talk shitting or making fun of him... They always just make him super violent or angry, and that's all they've got. Yeah. Is they they just try to do that. It's like when you get people that are trying to do um, Barack Obama, and they don't know what to do, so they just make him super. They they basically just make him as played by Tyler Perry. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, basically offensive stereotype. Yeah. That's Tyler Perry's wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> prove me wrong. Um, but this trailer looks incredible. Yes. I, um, I'm so looking forward to this film. I was looking forward to the documentary and still haven't watched that. So who knows when I will be in an emotional state? <laughs> who knows when I will be emotionally ready to watch this film? My wife and I will be going to see this movie. We'll probably... 
I legitimately think that the if the opening title cards mm-hmm. is just the like it's the the, the yeah the the theme song like yeah. starting from like the way it was when it was like the the like, the weird like piano organ harpsichord thing mm-hmm. for the original black and white because yeah. my daughter she watches we we've had her watch Mister Rogers that mm-hmm. will be a part of her life yeah um but just like even if it just I guarantee you like that first title card comes up and you start to da, 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 you yeah. hear that I guarantee you at that point I'm gonna be like oh fuck me man god <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but yeah my my wife is gonna want to go because she loves watching me cry at movies <laughs> three or four movies now yeah. i'm not afraid to say i've cried and she's and like i'll be crying i'll look over to see if she's crying no she's sitting there staring at me with a big smile on her face because it's so cute <laughs> what's the most ridiculous one you've ever cried at um let's see i the ones i can remember i didn't, didn't like sob cry, but it had tears down my face when I finally got to see Jurassic Park, the original, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. When they did the 3D re-release, I went to yeah. one of the only 2D showings. Yeah. Um, then when that Jason Siegel, Amy Adams Muppet movie came out, I cried a little bit during Rainbow Connection. Yeah. Because Muppets, everyone else says like Mickey Mouse or Looney Tunes or whatever. For me, it was Muppets. Yeah. Um, the, the worst one, though, was Where the Wild Things Are. Because mm. I, I grew up with that book. Literally in my house, if my dad couldn't find a copy of the book, he would go out and buy another copy. <laughs> that was a state, like, my whole life, everywhere I've lived, I've always had a, at least one copy of that book. Yeah. Because it's just, it's the, the way it's supposed to be in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we get to the theater to go see it opening night. We sit down, as soon as we sit down, I turn to her and go, okay. As soon as Max decides it's time to leave the island, yeah. from that point till the end of the movie, I will be crying. <laughs> if you don't want to deal with that, sit somewhere else. <laughs> the, and this was the very first time it ever happened, so she didn't believe me. Yeah. Sure enough, it's time for him to leave. I'm sobbing. I am <laughs> ugly crying. I don't give a fuck. I am sobbing. And she is... She's just sitting there with this whole, like, oh my god, he was serious, holy <laughs> shit. It's that whole thing of, like, when you see something, like, you see someone hurts them, you know, you see someone freaking out because they hurt themselves, and you're just yeah. like, oh, you didn't, oh, that's blood, oh my, are you okay? <laughs> like, one of those sort of situations yeah, yeah. was what the way she was for that. Um, so yeah, she's just gonna want to go see this just to watch me cry again in the yeah. theater, because that's what she likes to do. I'll, I'll be sitting. Fuck. I'll be sitting in the row behind you. Just, I mean, I'll be, I'll be crying we'll, too. We'll both be but, crying. Yeah. We'll both be crying, and our significant others will be sitting there laughing at us. That's that's how this is gonna play out. We, you know, we sit here on this podcast and we're like, oh yeah, like die, like swearing and, uh, and like, yeah. no, we're complete fucking softies. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day. But, <laughs> You 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 talked about sobbing and ugly crying. That sounds like me in Infinity War. Whenever, uh, whenever Peter says, "I don't want to go." Oh God, no! Me watching Coco at home—that was yeah. What's the uh, what's the next trailer that you'd like right. to talk about? Next up, we're gonna take a hard turn on uh, on humans on this planet. <laughs> Basically, if we, if we if we want to swap to the uh, opposite of what Mr. Rogers, it would be the focus of this documentary. Where's my Roy Cohen? Mm-hmm. Um, 
documentary that's coming out, I didn't know it was existed. I knew of the guy initially because of uh, the amazing Broadway play Angels in America, where he's a character in it and okay. during his last days. Um, so I was curious, and I watched this trailer, and it gave me chills. Yeah, you know, it's it's dark, it's scary. Um, this man was pure evil. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it was just a fast, it's a fascinating trailer to watch. I can't wait to see the movie. It's one of those ones, almost like a horror movie where I'm not sure I'm going to be able to sit in a theater and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very curious about that. No, it's, it's definitely, I didn't know much about this, you know, person before seeing this trailer, but it's illuminating to see like all of the people in history he's interacted with and like his ties with some of the worst people and then some of the most respected figures mm-hmm. in, in America. Um, it's it's going to be one of those movies like Vice where you probably don't want to watch it too late at night because they're going to have some montage of like all of the horrible shit that, you know, mm-hmm. the most horrible oh, yeah. shit that he's done. Um, no, they're going to have a montage of all the photos he took with people you respect. Yeah. And it's gonna and it's gonna make you feel so nauseous. Yeah. So long as he doesn't have one with uh, Mr. Rogers, I think we're good. But (laughs) I'm not. I don't even want to put that in our heads. Um, But no, this this trailer. It's again. It's not one that I'm gonna run out to uh, to theaters to see. But um, I always like to push people to be watching documentaries though I yeah. think it's important there's there's one that uh, there was a trailer for a documentary that we're not going to talk about um, the, like at least in depth but uh, I believe it's called Untouchable it's another Hulu documentary about Harvey Weinstein and, and him being the face of the Me Too movement um, and this like mm. that it's you know it's not movies you're excited to see necessarily but yeah. it's movies that you probably should see just to yeah, make yourself aware of, you know, people like this. That they they do have a place in mm. American culture and American history, be it the worst places in American culture. Yeah. Um, but definitely, it looks interesting, if not a little morbid. Yes. Um, um, sticking on in the realm of terrible people, but going in a different a direction in quality. <laughs> um, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Oh my. God, does this look good. This looks incredible. Um, watching this trailer, this trailer had me sold five seconds in when the kid threw the knife at the tree and it bounced and went into his friend's <laughs> leg. And his whole response is just, fuck, did anyone see me do that? <laughs> this looks like Moonrise Kingdom in a more yes. you know, sick, twisted way. It looks like Moonrise Kingdom meets that weird um, Guess Who's Back or whatever it was, the sitcom that lasted like two episodes about Hitler. Mm. There was this sitcom and it was about Hitler and Ava Braun and they were living in an apartment next to a Jewish couple and hilarity ensues. (laughs) Surprisingly, (laughs) it did not last that many episodes, but it kind of feels like that. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, literally my entire pitch explaining this to my wife Mm -hmm. was... A comedy about a kid whose imaginary friend is Hitler. Yeah, that was like the, I. Do you you don't need anything else. Yeah, you're curious as to who's making the movie, <laughs> but you don't need anything else. Yeah, they like, unless and it's like who's making this? Chris Nolan. Ooh. <laughs> 
This is not his subject material. <laughs> the Who's making it? Michael Bay. Oh shit, the kid's gonna blow up. <laughs> <laughs> the the things selling me on this film are, you know, the kids look like incredible kid uh, child actors. Yeah. Um, Sam Rockwell, of course, because Sam Rockwell. Always. Um, Scarlett Johansson, because now Taika Waititi knows he can pull all of his MCU best friends. Yep. Into, uh, <laughs> yeah, he can ask anyone. <laughs> into his films. And that's Sam Rockwell and, and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That's two of them right there. Did you see uh, this, to divert, did you see the Jeremy Renner music video where Taika Waititi just shows up in a, in a banana costume to dance around? I did not, because. but I will be looking that up on YouTube <laughs> it's, once it, we're done. It's great. The music's not great. Taika Waititi in a banana suit is great. Um, <laughs> sorry if Jeremy Renner ever hears this. He won't. So it's kind of uh, like the um, the Paul Simon song where Chevy Chase is just sitting there in a chair. Absolutely. Counting, counting yes, yes like exactly. Megan waiting to find out that the, the paycheck cleared from doing it. <laughs> the song kind of sucks, but Chevy Chase is entertaining. That sounds great. Call me out. All right. Um... My favorite bit about this trailer, or about the um, the news of this of this movie happening, is I guess somebody asked uh, Taika what research he did to like get in the character of Adolf Hitler, and he's like, "I didn't research him. He's a cunt." Like that was his direct <laughs> quote. Like, and I, I if this is supposed to be a total anti-war, anti-hate. It's an anti-hate, you know, satire love, film. Yeah, yeah. like all about. Love affirmation, probably in the in this terrible environment, you know, in this terrible time. Well, I imagine it's going to be a weird like this kid can't t- like this kid. I want to be that this kid is getting great advice from Hitler mm-hmm. about how to live life. <laughs> yeah, but then every single time he mentions Hitler, it just go like he just it's that whole like one step forward, two steps back sort yeah. of thing. Well, is, is he in, like, a Hitler Youth, like, sort of camp? Because I, the it way kinda I... It kind of seems like that, but I'm not, I don't, I almost don't want to know any more yeah. than I already do. Yeah. I don't want to read too much into it. I just want to show up at the theater on opening night yeah. and be entertained. I, I don't want to misinterpret it and, like, scare people away from this movie because, it, you know... <laughs> It's dealing with, you know, sort of very delicate subject matter. They will be doing for Hitler what they did for vampires and what we did in the shadows. <laughs> let's just let's just keep it as simple as that. Yeah. Did you find that movie funny? Come laugh at Hitler. <laughs> there. There we go. We're good. Um my my take from it was this was Hitler youth mm-hmm. and he's too soft for the Hitler youth. Like he he is he is too much about love and admiring the things around him, and he loves this rabbit, and he's Jojo Rabbit. That That's what I got. I hope to be surprised. If that's it, cool. If I'm totally wrong and, you know, am surprised opening night, totally cool, too. I trust Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi implicitly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, what's the so last yeah. trailer we want to talk So about? last up, going back to good people. Yeah. Um, but again, changing subject matter. We've got the trailer for Harriet, the uh, Harriet Tubman biopic film. We could we could have like lined these trailers up better. We went we took an emotional roller coaster. No, I like We're that still on it. Hey, <laughs> something had to give us a fucking emotional roller coaster because X Men sure as hell didn't. Um. But anyway, 
This mo- I'm I'm excited because the the lead she looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, she already seems like there's just something about this movie that feels off. Mm-hmm. Like I can't describe, but some of the shots in the trailer just feel like they're from a different movie. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it seems like I'm worried that this is going to be one of those movies where the director kept trying to come up with the most interesting looking shots they could come up with and yeah. left everyone else to their own devices. And if it was somewhere where they just couldn't get an interesting shot, like two people talking inside of a building, mm-hmm. they just kept it really basic or lazy. Yeah. And that I'm worried that cause it's kind of feeling like that, um, which the subject matter deserves better than that. Mm-hmm. So I, this trailer does look um, interesting. I mean, the the cast is relative unknowns, uh, except for Janelle Monet, who is well no the the Leslie Odom Jr. Tony Award winning Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Okay. Gotcha. Um, also for and for people who haven't seen him and or at least heard him in Hamilton, he was also the doctor in the the Murder on the Orient Express remake that came out okay. a couple of years ago. Gotcha. Um, Not that that should be held against him, but <laughs> that's where you might have seen him. Gotcha. Um, no, obviously, they're, again, like JoJo, dealing with some heavy subject matter. Um, I'll be interested to see how But they... they're handling it with the gravitas, not with yes, humor. Yes, not with humor. We're not doing... This is not the the funny hero sketch, <laughs> which I love that sketch, but we're not doing that sketch. We're we're taking this seriously. When when Key and Peele show up and they're in a cameo, <laughs> just in the back. Um, <laughs> no, but that's this this film looks interesting. Again, probably yeah. not one that I'll I'll run out to to see in theater. Well, this honestly, will... what I'm wondering right now is. Even with us living in the Pittsburgh area, which sometimes we get kind, of, we can get some of the bleed off of the like New York limited release every now and then. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what kind of release this film's going to get, so I'm not quite sure how accessible it's going to be to us. Yeah. to be completely honest. Well, I think it's going to have its limited run, but I, I think they're doing a better job, um, just overwhelmingly of allowing these films to be more accessible. Um, to everyone, and especially when this start this film starts getting Oscar buzz because whether you like it or not, like this film mm-hmm. will get Oscar buzz. Um, it'll it'll have its second run where you know for your consideration, see yeah. this in theaters. Um, but yeah, we'll probably I'll probably catch it when it comes to uh, home release I'll or try to, I'll try services. To, I'll definitely try to catch it in some capacity. I'm just not sure when it's going to be the most accessible to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't delay it any longer. I want to. <laughs> Can I just keep talking about Hitler? <laughs> no? God damn it. Alright. X-Men, Days of Future Past. Um, really, as, as I mentioned multiple times in my notes, this movie is really called X-Men. Fuck you, continuity. <laughs> That's the name of this movie. Yeah. This movie has no continuity relationship with any Anything. movie besides yeah. the first two that were made. It doesn't. 
It it it, it sincerely well, no, doesn't. Well, and no, and even one of those, it doesn't. And I'll get back to that in a little bit. It, this movie has continuity with maybe one X Men movie, maybe. Ah, and that's it. That's entirely it. The, for this me, whole shit pile of a film. Let me preface this because I, I sincerely I do not hate this film as much as you do. I don't like this movie. X Men films, in my mind, are really good to watch once and never again. Be, have you watched? Had you watched this movie before rewatching it? Now, no. This is my first time watching watching the movie. Okay, I had seen like for from one reason or another, I had seen a handful of clips of this movie. I knew the gist. I knew the storyline from the comics and stuff like that. Yeah. But by this point, they had lost me. Yeah. By this point, I was old enough to realize that all of the X-Men movies sucked. Not just the ones that people were telling me sucked. So so you answered my second question. You don't care for X-Men 1 or 2. Here's my thing. I... I'm a huge fan of X-Men. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a comic book father. X-Men's one of his favorite f- properties. Yeah. I love X-Men. I fucking despise Wolverine. <laughs> that char- The character ruined everything that Marvel stood for. Mm-hmm. If, if you love Spider-Man and what he stands for in terms of like being a character that, you, that people relate to and stuff like that... Yeah, you should not like Wolverine. You should despise Wolverine. Yeah. Because when Wolverine came on the scene... He was all, there was no personality, no character. He basically was just walking around being rude and saying, bub. Yeah. Uh, with a cigar out of his mouth. It was all about his powers. Yeah. It was 100% about his powers. And people, and they saw suddenly saw people fixating, oh, his powers, his powers, his powers. And you saw all of Marvel. Mm-hmm make a switch from really giving a damn about the backstories of their characters to focusing on their powers. Yeah. And that was, I mean, as my dad, my dad wrote this fantastic article called the rise of Wolverine, the death of Marvel. Mm -hmm. And it's all about this, but like my dad, he went to go see the first X-Men. He tolerated it. Yeah. He went to go see the second X-Men, you know, X-Men Two, X-Men United, the one that, you know, the the one that's basically considered the most flawless by most fans of X-Men movies. Yeah. Watching that movie made him declare he would never set foot in a theater ever again for an X-Men movie. Yeah. Because of how much they just fuck over every single solitary character for Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. In service of Wolverine. And that tradition is never ended, even in the movies he's not in. Yeah. Like, or at least not prominently in. Mm-hmm. The, so this is, we, we talked briefly about watching this movie. This movie commits the cardinal sin for me of a disappointing movie is almost worse than a bad movie. Yeah. Th- this is a wholly disappointing film because X-Men First Class is the best X-Men film. The absolute best X-Men film, hands down. Because it does not bother with the continuity of Brian Singer's films. It goes, these could possibly exist in the same universe, but we're not going to get hung up on it. We are going to tell our story. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that that film does is have James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, as you know, Professor X and Magneto, go find Logan, and he go, fuck off. 
One, because it's a great cameo by Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Because whether you not like him or not, he is a prominent figure of the X-Men. Yeah. At least in this franchise. Yeah. It allows you to get an F-word in a superhero film, which, holy shit, at the time was unheard of. And it allows you to say, you know, it allows Matthew Vaughn in this film to say that Wolverine is not important. What you cared about in the in the franchise thus far. Like, this is it. This is all you're getting. Yeah. Deal with it. This is not important to the to our story. Mm-hmm. It's a great film. The the characters are great. Um, Kevin Bacon is like Kevin Bacon on his <laughs> stint as superhero movie or comic book movie villain. Yeah, he, it, like there's so much about that movie that works, and then Brian Singer comes in and says, "I'm going to take this back." Like uh, I don't mm-hmm. like how you play with my toys. I'm taking my toys back. Yeah. And except for they're not his toys, they were <laughs> they're the communal toys that are at the preschool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and making Wolverine the star of this film again is the biggest disservice to the film. Every other character gets so underutilized. Mm-hmm. We make uh, we shoehorn in Mystique's genes being the thing that, you know, makes the Sentinels basically unstoppable. And then it has the Terminator problem of if these machines are so efficient, how are you not all dead? Like, how is there this contingent of people when these these machines are so incredible? They're, they're the most efficient killing machines. Yeah, and the future really wants to be Terminator. <laughs> the it future really does, yeah. is just... Like, I, I remember a lot of people, because there were purple lights, going, oh, it's like that Tron sequel. No, this movie is 100%... I want to be Terminator. Yeah, Terminator Salvation. You should you should have picked a better Terminator. Yeah. The I'm not the biggest Ellen Page fan, but she is given nothing to do. In Nobody's this film. given anything to do in this film. <laughs> Literally nobody. Yeah. Not even Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is given anything to do in this movie. Yeah. Nobody's given anything to do. The, the events are told to you and then play out as they're told to you the the biggest the, uh, sorry I'm gonna I don't want to keep mm-hmm. speaking hyperbolically um, one of the things that I hated most was the fact that they told us where everyone was in the past that Hugh Jackman would run into and then we see him run into all these people in that exact way because except we make except we make it mysterious where Magneto is. It's, it, but it's not mysterious. Like this is why X Men films are best watched once and then never again. Because the ending of this movie, when when Wolverine wakes up, so this came out in twenty fourteen or so. X Men two, X Men United, the last one that anyone cares about, came out in like two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So we have a ten year period. Between the last time you gave a shit about the original cast of mm-hmm. the X-Men films. So if you watch those movies once, twice in theaters, maybe a couple times at home, this movie is fucking great once Hugh Jackman wakes up. Yeah. Because it's it's the most incredible aha moment of, wow, he did it. Like, we, we fixed the future. Everyone's back. He gets to walk through the halls, see Kelsey Grammer as uh, 
as Beast. Kelsey Grammer and Anna Paquin. Kelsey Grammer, Anna Paquin, Femi Jacobson, and uh, Jason Masters each getting the easiest paychecks of their career. Oh, absolutely. And I guarantee you Kelsey Grammer was like, you're giving me at least half my scale if you're going to make me sit in a fucking makeup chair for a walk <laughs> to, yeah yeah to walk to walk through the hallway and like in that scene is legitimately like breathtaking seeing it the first time because you're like wow i'm so nostalgic for this ship that i watched 10 years ago and probably have not watched in the last 10 years so when he you know walks past everyone and sees everyone and then has the scene where he goes into the room with Professor X, you're like, wow, that was awesome. And it leaves you on such a fucking high. And then you walk out of the theater and you should never watch this movie again. <laughs> because it leaves you on such a high and then you can leave and be like, that wasn't terrible. That is my that is my advice to people. If you've watched X-Men Days of Future Past and you remember it as a seven in your mind, a not that bad, pretty passable, pretty okay, don't watch it again. Because it'll be torn to shreds when you watch it with a thinking mind and not in the theater stuffing your face with popcorn. The Unfortunately, all I had for this was a, th- was a thinking mind. Um, first of all, I just want to make sure, just get this out of the way. It cannot be understated how stupid the Sentinels looked. Mm. There was They just looked ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was clearly 20th Century Fox going, hey, we've got this leftover visual effects stuff from our Daily Earth Stood Still remake. We need you guys yeah. to use this. If you guys use this, it's going to save it. Save you guys like $10 million on your budget. I mean, yeah. You guys are probably going to need that, so just use these. Um, <laughs> the entire plot of this movie revolves around Mystique's DNA. Yeah. Because we want to make Jennifer Lawrence the star. Well, one, that. Two, because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, literally, it's just like, they used her DNA and it could adapt to any mutant powers. That's not her powers. (laughs) That's not how her powers work. Yeah, truly. Now, if you said it made the Sentinels able to, you know, turn into... People so they could infiltrate mutant areas and mm-hmm. then kill the you know kill them from within. Sure, and that might honestly even be better because then it's like this whole like the thing sort of yeah. mentality. And then you've got this you know then they're literally just waiting to see if if the sentinels show up with the fear that one of them could be a sentinel and you could you know worry about that the whole time and be ten times more interesting. But. Or you use a x-men that's already established in this universe rogue who actually has that power set but only if she touches them yeah so but jennifer lawrence was more profitable at the time was more marketable but also just they had like the whole concept of it can watch you use your power and go oh okay Mm. i can do this now it literally the Sentinels in this film have the DNA of the lazy writers of Superman during the, like, 70s. Of going, uh, shit, he needs, uh, give him ice breath. Yeah. But he has, like, laser, heat laser eyes. He has ice breath, motherfucker, shut up! I, I wrote in here plot conveniences in order to make Logan our main character again. Because yes. Because 
everything in this is just plot convenience after plot convenience. Like, why do we have to come across... Why are we getting sent back to this year that uh, Professor X doesn't have his powers? Yeah. Plot convenience. Yep. Like, it, it's like watching... A, well, it's like watching a pitch meeting from Ryan George. Like, wh- why did they do this? Because if they didn't do that, the movie wouldn't happen. Like, exactly, it, it's yeah. It's the writers just making shit up constantly. It's, well, and it's the, it's the common trope with time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is, for some reason, always going... To the least right. convenient like, Being like, okay, so at 9 o'clock I got shot. So I'm going to send you back to 8.45. <laughs> to try to keep me from getting shot. Yeah. You're also Without letting me away. know what the future holds. <laughs> they, it's that sort of thing. Like, if you want, like, if you want him to prevent all this from happening, mm-hmm. send him back in the 60s. Yeah. Have him show up on the beach. He can take the bullet for X, so that way X can have his legs for the rest of his life. Yeah. And, you know, you can... You know, kill Mystique, tell her about what's going to... Whatever. You know, whatever you need to do. Yeah. But, um... We couldn't send him back that far. It would rip his mind apart. <laughs> like, also, also, ten more years, and he might have not looked the same anymore. Yeah. The, this is the... Uh, the Back to the Future problem of Marty disappearing slowly in the picture... Like, him and his siblings disappearing slowly. Like, it should either happen immediately or it shouldn't fucking happen. When when the Sentinels are finally find them... Well, no. With... Okay. To, no, because to they're go, no, the to Inception go, to, no, to go, logic. Well, Inception had no logic. Um, no, the, the... Okay, with Back to the Future, he is... Fa- like, there is still a chance... Yeah. Of... Uh, you no, know, my there, problem the, is not the, with Back the whole, to the Future. I, I love know, Back to but the Future. I am defending Back to the Future here, real quick, because the whole concept is he's starting to fade from existence. Yeah. The reason why it's happening slowly is because they're still in that window. Yeah. That the father can, he you can know, act. cut yeah. in. Yeah. And do everything. So when Marty's coming back, he's not coming back as the him that faded away. The part of him that faded away is gone forever. He's mm-hmm. coming back as the new timeline him. Gotcha. That's what's going on there. <laughs> fuck, why do I... Like, I have to go back to X-Men now. God, this... Uh, fuck, fuck. This is why, if you guys keep hearing a sound that sounds like a band-aid, I have a family-sized thing of Chips Ahoy down here. It's gonna be gone it's by the time It's my comfort we... <laughs> food while I get through talking about this fucking movie. It's, it's gonna be gone by the time we finish recording. My, my comment about the Inception logic is uh, Wolverine spends more than two days... Or, or roughly two days in the past. Mm-hmm. How much time have we spent sending him into the past, yeah. guarding Ellen Page and, and Hugh Jackman from the Sentinels? Because that seems to be a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. He's back in the past for days. So why? When are we establishing the inception logic of you know an hour is a day if I send you back thirty fucking years, forty years, fifty years, whatever it might be. Um, they didn't think about them. No, they didn't think about it at all. They, they didn't think about a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> you said I, that's so sad. <laughs> I, 
I love Professor X, the whole moment where they're explaining what they've been doing to stay alive, and Professor X is just like, suddenly he's like, my idea might work, and then pitches the whole plot for this movie. Yeah. Like, bull fucking shit, dude. <laughs> you, like, you, like, I had to sit there, I didn't have to, but I watched the stupid <laughs> fucking end cut, the end scene from the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Beyond the fact that, you know, you came to go get him to help you in a timeline where Sentinels never existed. Yeah. And didn't do a damn thing. Like, you know, it's like that perpetual running of just no continuity and existence of all of this. Um, we'll get to my biggest problem with continuity in this film. But I love when Wolverine is sent back in time. This is a sarcastic love. I love when Wolverine is sent back in time and starts talking to the henchmen of the boss's daughter who Wolverine is sleeping boss's, with. I thought it was boss's wife. Or whatever. Something. The boss's female lady that you shouldn't be fucking. <laughs> and he's talking to these henchmen as if they're supposed to understand what he's saying. He's like... Oh no, that wasn't me. Uh, this is uh, the different me, and I'm like, are you, whose benefit is this for? Because what you're saying doesn't make any sense, especially it's, to these. It's guys. not even like you know what you're talking about. So shut the fuck up. Um, what would you say is the best part of this film? Because I, I have the best part of the film going around in my head. Uh, did I put anything positive in any of my notes? <laughs> you do yours. I'm going to see if I have anything positive in here. What did um, you think of Peter Dinklage in the film? Because he is my favorite part of the film. I felt so bad for him. I mean, I, yeah, I felt bad for him too, but he's salvaging what did few I, scenes he's in. I feel like I've got to have something in here about him. Like, oh yeah, poor Dinklage is trying so hard. That's what I wrote. That's that's all I wrote about him in this. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah. that's all you had to write. He's He was trying very, very hard. Yeah. Oh, my favorite bit, my favorite moment in the movie wasn't even that good. I just saw that they almost made it a good moment, and it mm. was him walking through the metal detector and it not going off. Oh, yeah. But we spent so much time on him making 50 million different faces <laughs> in reaction to it. Yeah. And it was just like, it literally, if he had walked through waiting for it, and then, like, moment realization, the guy said something to him, and he kind of smirked a little bit as he walked away. Yeah. And it had been as simple as that. <laughs> that would have been the best bit of the whole movie. That's the, that's the closest thing to I, that I have to a, a compliment in here. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, all I... Yeah. I wrote, uh, Brian Singer does not have the right to have Professor X say fuck off to Hugh Jackman when that was the best part of... Uh, First class. It was like everything else, lazy. Because yeah. it's a lazy way to get that F bomb in it, there. It, it was literally, I do remember you. Allow yeah. me to say to yeah. you what oh, you said to me. My brain suddenly works. <laughs> I caught back up. Um, yeah, I. The amount of time travel irony talk yeah. in this movie, I got so fucking. Just the amount of time, like, someone would say or do something, and just like, oh, irony, because the previous movies, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I hope you die. <laughs> the, um, 
so (laughs) what I was saying uh, earlier about like they give us information and then the movie plays out as exactly as they gave us the information. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying it would have made it a good film, but wouldn't it have been a better reveal if instead of professor X, Patrick Stewart, professor X saying, I won't have my powers when you meet me. And granted, you could also play that as why the fuck wouldn't professor X tell him that he doesn't have his powers, but like he goes back in time and he's like, Professor X walking, and he can't look into my mind to see that I'm telling the truth. And yeah. why did we already let the audience into that fact before we see it, and it's more interesting then? Um. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, I want to know what the fuck that treatment had to do with giving him the gift of non-paralysis. <laughs> They, Hank, you could be making a fucking mint off of that. Yeah. Like, the oh, did your family member die? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're now tap dancing. Yeah. The, what would have been more interesting is the Doctor Strange, like, people are, you know, the, um, shit, I'm blanking on the actor. The guy who went, to, uh, is it Shangri-La? Oh, the Benjamin Bratt character who... Yes, who uses all of his abilities to allow himself to walk. If that, if they had played that, and I I don't know when that... But that's not what Professor X's powers are. No, but they pull a lot of bullshit in this film. Not that they cared. Yeah. Not that they cared. They would have... They could have played that off and it would have been a little bit more interesting an aspect of Professor X's not allowing himself to use his abilities. His abilities are being, you know, allocated to allowing him to walk, which, you know, is not serving anyone other than himself. Yeah. Um, why does Raven know everything in this movie? She knows where Trask's, you know, place of operations is, how to get in, uh, where to find his files? Where to find? Where to his, find the mutants? Where to find mutants in Vietnam? <laughs> everything she knows um, everything in this film. Plot? Yeah, and I'm I, just gonna say plot. <laughs> the reason is plot. I can I can stay on board when she tells the assistant to put my itinerary. I don't want to miss anything. And at that point, she's aware of everything happening in yeah. Europe. That's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. The fact that she knows everything before that scene happens... Fuck that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. we have not established how she got to Vietnam, why she went... Th- like, she's saving four mutants, which she wants to save every mutant that she can, but she's saving four from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. There isn't a larger group somewhere closer, more imperative, like, that she could be helping... There's no one to assist her in getting these other mutants out of Vietnam. Like, there's no one else on her side in this. I guess they all died. She she saw that in Trask's, you know, book. Because Angel wasn't interesting and Azazel wasn't interesting. It wasn't that they weren't interesting. It's that they weren't Brian Singers. <laughs> and he could convince the yeah. studio that they, were, that they could be killed off. Yeah, they're expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my biggest issue with the continuity and why I don't think this film works mm -hmm. to, to be in continuity with any other film is if Wolverine doesn't go back in time, why should I be convinced that James McAvoy, uh, Professor X, ever turns into Patrick Stewart, Professor X in X-Men 1? No reason to believe it ever happened. There's literally zero. Because I'm supposed to ex I'm supposed to accept that these events played out this way, regardless of whether or not he went back in time. Mm -hmm. And this plays directly into X-Men 1, be it 40 years later. Why? Because who is going to pull Professor X out of the shit? It, it, it's not going to be Beast, because he's just an enabler in this film. Yeah. Which is not Beast's character. Like, it... it I don't know. Everyone's written however Brian Singer wants to write them in this film. In this, given whatever the scene is. Yeah. Characters are constantly changing in this film. Um, I. So, did you ever mention what you liked about this movie? You you said oh, that there was something you liked. Peter Dinklage. That's oh, it. just Peter Dinklage. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Not even necessarily his character. I just like Peter Dinklage. He's a good guy. <laughs> Really good guy. Um, not that I've ever met him, but he's a good guy. Um, I love, love, love that we make this whole big deal about getting Magneto out. Mm -hmm. Yet they already managed to have blueprints for the Pentagon. Yeah, and it was sure as shit easy to just waltz in. Mm-hmm. Like, even before you throw in qu anything that Quicksilver did, it's just easy as hell. Were, <laughs> were you watching this movie with subtitles, or happened to catch this line, which was the worst line I've ever heard in any X-Men film, and I'm including what happens to a toad when it ra <laughs> when it rains, or, or when, it, when it gets struck oh, by lightning? I'll, I'll, get I'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> when they're in the Pentagon... And uh, two of them are sneaking away. I think it's uh, it's James McAvoy and Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. And you hear a little girl say, I have to go to the bathroom. And the tour guide saying, luckily the Pentagon was made during segregation, so there's twice as many bathrooms as there should be. <laughs> like, something to that effect. It is the what? strangest line of dialogue that they allowed to be in this film. <laughs> I just had to point that out. <laughs> Also, the, cycling back a little bit, I'm I am still to this day convinced that the whole what happens to a, a toad when it gets struck by a lightning thing, mm -hmm. I'm convinced that the way it was supposed to be, if it hadn't been like fucked up through editing or some stupid shit like that and a bad delivery by Halle Berry, yeah, is it was supposed to be ask the question, lightning strike kills him and sends him off, and then just a very like casual badass thing of same thing that happens to everyone else, yeah. Because that works. That fucking works. Well, Doing it all in like a, I'm kind of trying to do some sort of accent. Yeah. And then killing him when he's the best part of your movie. Yeah. Toad was the best part of the first X-Men. Mm -hmm. Fucking fight me on it. Well, um, that, was, that was supposed to be a callback that they never established because they cut those scenes. Toad was, Toad was supposed to say... You know what happens to blah 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 when blah blah like Toad keep, continues to say that multiple mm -hmm. times in the film, 
but they never establish those shots because those like for some reason you don't let Ray Park talk. Yeah, like, seriously, you <laughs> dub him over in Star Wars. You make him headless and sleepy hollow, and you cut the ninety nine percent of his lines in the X Men. Yeah. <laughs> so why does uh, metal make Sentinels bad, or metal make Sentinels bad for humans? I'm still at, I I'm still back at the Pentagon going. Why the fuck do am I supposed to like Quicksilver? Go ahead. I guess you like um, continuity more than this film. I've just been jumping around. You go ahead. <laughs> First of all, I love the fact that they tried to do the little cutesy thing of, oh, the welcome mat has a burn mark through the middle from how fast. And then the rest of the house. No, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. Rest of the house is fine. Nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. all good. Perfect. Um... We didn't even really care about revealing him. He was just already using his powers like, yeah. half on, half off the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, we just didn't care. Um, Wolverine's never known him. Yeah. Fuck that. Like, I know a guy. You don't fucking know a guy. Yeah. You guys literally just couldn't think of a better way to introduce the character into the movie. Yeah. Like, fuck and, you. <laughs> like, the Quicksilver thing is so just frustrating because he could solve every problem in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, they make Quicksilver, and this was the problem in this movie, this was the problem in Apocalypse, they make Quicksilver so incredibly, unbelievably fast, and so just like the the ex machina, whenever they want to dole him out, that he should be used to solve every problem. But he's never comes used. in for an ex mock in a moment, and then you get rid of him because yeah. you. Get, and the thing I saw Apocalypse before I saw this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the shine of the whole kitchen slow mo sequence, yeah, had long since died out on me <laughs> because the sequence in Apocalypse is fucking stupid. Yo, it's horrible. But for both movies, I was sitting there thinking. We don't have an agreed-upon concept of physics. Mm-hmm. Why is the music still playing at normal speed? Yeah. Why does he only listen to ironic, comedically ironic music? And how come he's able to stop without time clicking back into normal speed? Yeah. Because in both of them... Yeah. Like, literally in this one at one point, he's just standing there, casual, like... He, multiple times just standing there and then going about and like no you're standing there everything's happened yeah like three or four different times at least during that whole sequence the bullets should have killed all the other characters and mm-hmm. the movie been over yeah <laughs> if only you were that lucky <laughs> yeah I know um I this movie did not help at all for my understanding what people like about McAvoy and Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's, the scene in the plane was McAvoy's overacting. Yeah. Like, Kenneth Branagh is telling him to tone it down. <laughs> and then Michael Fassbender, I literally kept thinking in his head, he was just like, I wonder if they're ever going to call action. <laughs> I guess he just wants to run lines. I'm not going to... I'm I'm just... I'm not going to put too much into it. So yeah. that way when they call action... I can really put a performance in. Oh, cut? Huh? 
I, I guess the movie's gonna show me as a completely monotone, bland character with no personality. Oh, well. This... <laughs> I I like Michael Fassbender uh, quite quite a bit more than you do. I think I'm just um, I I'm just I've never seen him in anything where I've been like wow he's good yeah like I've seen like X Men movies he's been bland as all get out mm-hmm. well he's, Alien Covenant I legitimately wanted I was like dude blow the rape whistle on yourself dude <laughs> things are getting fucking weird. Well, this, that's the problem with Michael Fassbender in this role is he's not given a ton to do. Like, no one is given a ton to do. No. And he doesn't come across as menacing. He comes across as indifferent. And when Ian McKellen actually played the role pretty well because, so at least in the original... But it's Ian McKellen. He's fucking yeah, amazing. I have a note. I would actually love to go back and rewatch uh, X Men One and Two to see if those movies make any sense, or is Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen just so damn convincing? Like, I think they're just that damn convincing. They, it, truly, um, they are. And Ian McKellen plays it with less menace and more passion for his group of mm-hmm. X Men, his his group of mutants, the Brotherhood versus the X Men. Yeah, and it's not even his. Well. His, the, Ian McKellen's whole thing, his character is all about the cause at all cost. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and that's part of what made his Magneto so interesting was the fact that, you know, he will kill a mutant standing in his way to protect that mutant's rights. Yeah. This, this Magneto, he's just killing time waiting for Whole Foods to open thing. <laughs> That's that's all he's doing. He's, he's he needed something to do. His buddy was in town, so he's gonna, gonna go stand around outside his house with him and chat. It's just indifference. It's indifference yeah. through the whole film. He seems bored, um, and he actually plays it better in first class. Like I, I I sincerely think his performance is everyone across the board is better in first class. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I gotta say though, the thing that amazed me. The fact that Jennifer Lawrence apparently does not know how to be seductive. <laughs> because the point in the movie where she's supposed to be seducing the one, the the Vietnamese the v- yeah, yeah. general, I literally, I just wanted someone to walk past and go, are you trying to be seductive? <laughs> I don't think it's working. I mean, it might have been the, the I, I mean, I don't know how great or bad her Vietnamese was, but... It, it didn't still, seem that like, convincing. <laughs> it, it literally, like, it was, it was that, it reminded me of Karen, of Karen Gillian trying to be seductive in Jumanji. That's what it reminded me of. Still haven't seen it. I need, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, that, that reference was um, lost on me. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I, at one point, when, when, um... The, uh, they're having their whole, I don't remember who was talking, but at one point the two characters are talking. I multiple times made note, like divorce couples have more chemistry than anyone in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Royal family member siblings have more chemistry than anyone. <laughs> my dog and I 
have more chemistry than anyone with anyone in this movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any chemistry or anything with each other in this movie. It is insane yeah. how disconnected everyone is to each other. It just... <laughs> so I have, a, I have a weird question about Mystique. I like weird questions. Um, does she have a vagina? She can legit, make one. But legit, like, because my whole thing, and I just finally, because this is how much my mind was trying to find something to do while I was watching the movie. It's just like, if she has a vagina, why in the world is she walking around naked? Yeah. Like, why not wear, like, when, when the X-Men show up in the MCU, I hope to God, if they do Mystique, they actually put her in fucking clothes. Yeah. Um, because legitimately, I don't blame Jennifer Lawrence for being like, just kill me so I can be done with this. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm sick of the fuck this. I'm <laughs> done. I'm over it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's pretty intensive makeup and... Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot of reasons that she was ready to be done with this franchise. I think, um, I think when we see X Men incorporated into the MCU, when and if we see them, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to see a very small team. I would hope we see a very, very small team initially. So I would, great. I would really appreciate original X Men lineup. Yep, like Beast, Angel, Cyclops, Iceman, and Rogue. Like, nope, not Rogue. Jean Grey. Or Jean Grey. Thank you. Like. I want a yeah, small Yeah, keep it team. as simple as that. Like, they don't... Ha- it doesn't have to be... I want my damn danger room. Mm, yeah. I want the damn... For fuck's sake. <laughs> How fucking hard is it? Um, Apparently very. I guess so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the whole finale for this movie just is one stupid thing after another. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stupidity starts in the fact of, like, oh, my God... It's it's in DC. This is gonna happen in DC. Quicksilver lived outside of DC, right? <laughs> do you want do you want to give him a call? Yeah. No. No. We're, no, no. We're just gonna, we're just we're not gonna. Okay. Yeah. I, guess, I know a guy, but I didn't know him that well. I I knew a guy, <laughs> but I only like I rented him off of Amazon, and I only had like three <laughs> hours left with him. So, um. <laughs> I, I literally, I love the fact that he goes into that room and finds his his helmet. Yeah. And it's supposed to be some, like, big monumental moment of, like, he's putting on the helmet. Like, okay, so that's two movies in a row where he barely wears the helmet and I'm supposed to freak out about it? Like, yeah. What I love, though, is he finds the helmet. Next time we see him, he apparently stopped at his sister's house and got a nice cape and an out, <laughs> matching out. Like, just, like... The, where was the rest of that fucking outfit? Yeah. The, where did you keep that stored? Yeah. The... <laughs> the fact that he is able to lift train tracks out of the ground and separate the metal and mm. put it into the Sentinels and then control the Sentinels while lifting an entire baseball stadium to encompass the White House and mm. then rip the enclosure, the panic room, metal, like, out of the ground, mm. 
and drop it in front of him. What are the rules of him in the Pentagon? Like, how deep did he have to go that he couldn't sense or control any metal, you know... I don't know. Above They him? don't know. Nobody <laughs> fucking knows anything. Why not? The, the thing for me was, when I saw him, like, putting, adding the metal into the mouse, she's like, oh, well... If this were smart characters in a smart movie making smart decisions, you know, ladies and gentlemen, my amazing sentinels, and then, you know, with a flip of the wrist, they all raise up their guns, point them at each other, and shoot and kill each other so you destroy the sentinels <laughs> and embarrass the dude all in one fell swoop. Yeah. Boom, all done. Like, <laughs> how fucking hard is that? No, instead we have to give him some speech moment that's doesn't even matter because the next movie he's hiding with a little you know he's hiding with a family in the middle of the woods yeah and literally just making you go okay can we kill these people already so that way we can get to the real movie um I mean I get that there's so many things that happen in the climax of the film that absolutely (laughs) that absolutely warrant the existence of the sentinels because mutants are a serious fucking threat but I guess because they didn't kill any humans there in that moment, the Sentinel program is just completely, un, you know, discontinued. Like, well, the the logic that I'm going to pretend that they were going with <laughs> is Trask put all of his eggs in the Mystique basket. Of yeah. Like, She's evil, she's evil, she's evil, she's evil, she's evil, she's dangerous, she's dangerous, she's dangerous. <laughs> Oh, she stopped that guy from killing the president. Yeah. Scrap the program. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. And I literally, I put, how stupid is this this ex machina going to be? And then sure enough, from out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, in a million different ways, she pulls out the plastic gun, shoots him a decent way into his neck, going straight through yeah that never hurts again yeah like dude has a serious neck wound <laughs> and he's just <laughs> casually floating away like yeah. no blood like no pain no like oh I should really like do something about that no yeah. just I'm just gonna float away yeah, yeah. Yada, yada. this is the problem since X2 with the series the the conflict between uh, Magneto and Professor X is they're friends until they they're friends until they don't need to be anymore. Yep. And then they're enemies until I don't need them to be anymore. Yep. And literally every X Men film ends with a it ends with Eric saying goodbye to yep. to Charles, and it's like literally the tagline of the franchise. The the franchise could be summarized in goodbye Eric. Until the sequel, like, it's... Yeah. Every single time. Every single time. It it literally might as well just, instead of, you know, the... Goodbye, Charles. (laughs) Goodbye, Hey. See you later, alligator. (laughs) After a while, crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be just as dignified. Again, this... everything else. (laughs) This is why uh, First Class is such a better movie, because... It felt, and maybe it's maybe it's shame on me, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. But, like, it felt like real stakes. It felt like we have 
really put, drawn a line in the sand. We have established that Magneto did something horrendous to to Professor X. Mm-hmm. Like he is what caused him to be paralyzed. He is what put him in the chair. He took something away from him that no human being should be allowed to take away from you. And like that established a real conflict in the franchise and then they were like, "Oh, but I guess James McAvoy doesn't want to be in a chair for the entire sequel, so let's give him a super serum." Yeah. Like he'll shave his head, sense. but don't put him in a chair. <laughs> You let that fucker walk. Yeah. I and honestly, literally if if one of the screenwriters, if they had been like, why why the choice of putting you know making Professor X able to walk again? What was the reason if the writer had literally just gone, we couldn't justify the wheelchair during that time period because nothing was handicap accessible. Yeah. If it had literally been that simple, <laughs> I would have been like, dude, for that fucking honesty. <laughs> I salute you. Yeah. But they weren't thinking that hard. They were just... <laughs> no, like, and what it killed me is I'm sitting there, like, mind-melted. Yeah. At the end of the movie, like, credits are playing, credits are playing, credits are playing, credits are over. And we get the little, like, cutscene. Uh-huh. And I'm watching the cutscene, I was just like, even this fucking cutscene... Setting up the next goddamn movie yeah. doesn't even have any fucking continuity with the next movie. Because right now we're seeing somebody's like magically moving all of the bricks in place, except some of them are already put together. Yeah. So it's literally <laughs> like, like they're cheering this woman on as she completes a Puzz 3D. Like yeah. That's what's going on right now. Um, and then you get to the next movie. There's no girl that looks like that. Uh-huh. The pyramid slash temple is being hand built, and nobody is a fan of apocalypse yeah. instead of all praising. <laughs> so it's just like you are such a filthy fucking liar. Yeah, on so many levels, <laughs> it makes no sense. I can't wait for us to uh, review apocalypse and. Uh... Fuck! What's the last? I am not watching. I'm not watching Apocalypse again. I've seen it once. That was five times too many. (laughs) Exactly. That's the best way to watch an X-Men film. Once, never again. Yeah. So that's why I'm not doing it. (laughs) Plain and simple. What are your (laughs) What are your final thoughts? Fuck this movie. Fuck everyone involved with it. Yeah. Um. Thank God they don't have this shit anymore. How did they get to make two movies, two more movies after this? Mm-hmm. And now that I've seen this movie, I can officially say with confidence that if this movie is in your top anything of best superhero films, I do not care what your opinion is. Yeah. I just don't. I, I don't know how someone could defend this film. It's It's painfully boring. It's such a disservice to so many like genuinely talented actors it's a continuation of not knowing blatantly not knowing the source material and clearly not thinking that's an issue <laughs> like again you know Patrick Stewart Ian McKellen uh, Peter Dinklage they're, they're the best parts of this film yeah um, 
you know, with the exception of Peter Dinklage because he wasn't in there. Like they were, they were the best parts of the um, original two films. Yeah. Um, this is not a movie that you need to see. This is not a movie that you should see again if you've seen it once already. Um, if you enjoyed it, it exists best in your memories. Um, you're probably confusing it with First Class if you think it's good. <laughs> you're probably confusing it with anything. Mm. Pick something. <laughs> Point at a random thing in your house. That's what you're mistaking it for. <laughs> and yeah, I said thing. Not point at a random movie on your book. No. At a random fucking thing. You point at your trash can, that was better than X-Men Day of Future Past. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah. But. Um. Am I done? Do I have to keep talking about it anymore? Yeah, we're done. Can I move on? Okay, we're good. We're moving on. We've, we've fucked this movie enough. Um, God, maybe. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Free of it. So, did you watch anything this week? Oh, um, I used your movies anywhere account to uh, to watch this movie. Obviously, um, it was given to you for free. You didn't purchase this. No, I did um, not. They gave it. <laughs> I tried to give it back. I literally this and the 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah, they gave me both of those movies for free. For syncing up so many accounts of like Google and yeah. Amazon and Voodoo and stuff like that. And I literally was like, here, these movies are free. How do I return them? Yeah. I would email them. Like, can, can I get, can I give this back? Like, I'll, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> it was like when YouTube just forcibly put their album on everyone's oh, <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another reason. To not have Apple products for fear of YouTube <laughs> giving shitty albums. Um, but I haven't watched uh, watched too much. I, watching your using your uh, movies anywhere account, I came across uh, uh, Spider Man Homecoming, and I'm about halfway through that, and I kept wanting to finish that, but I kept being torn away by X Men: Days of Future Past. So thank <laughs> you for that. Um, maybe I'll go home and finish that up tonight. Um, but other than that, you know. Just Did you I'll, finish season one of Orphan Black? Not yet. Not yet. For fuck's Come sake. Come on. It's, it was Comic-Con weekend. I was so absorbed with all the like movie news and speculation and theories and shit. I will finish it. I'll, finish the, entire, I'll finish the entire series. You fucking better. <laughs> I expect to start getting text messages from you going, Oh my god! <laughs> well, now that you know, you'll definitely get those text messages. Good. Um, do you watch anything interesting this week? Uh, I started watching, I haven't finished it yet, but I started watching, uh, Nymphomaniac Volume 1 by Lars Von Tier. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been trying to watch, I'm, basically I'm trying to go out of, like, the world of comfort zone movies, like the movies that are a little more out there, a little more eccentric. Yeah. Plus a lot of the members of the cast of that film I'm a fan of. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a very, uh, raunchy subject material for people that aren't a fan of that sort of stuff but as a movie itself it's it's solid good storytelling phenomenal acting mm -hmm. um i still have to finish the movie and then obviously volume two because it's the movie got broken up into two films but you know what i've watched so i've watched about an hour hour and a half of it so far and it's i actually really enjoy it gotcha um yeah um 
And then, as we found out earlier this evening, um, the world lost uh, Rucker Hauer today. Mm-hmm. Uh, major loss. Of course, everyone knows him uh, m- first and foremost as uh, the main villain of Blade Runner, to which he gave an amazing performance and gave that phenomenal improvised monologue, or at least partially improvised monologue uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. Um He's also well known for things like Lady Hawk, uh, Batman Begins, um, just a phenomenal actor with an amazing, eclectic filmography. Uh, it's definitely somebody that, if you see that he's in a movie, it should be worth trying out the movie just to enjoy his performance. Yeah. Because uh, he always commits. He, like... I mean, literally, he guest starred on an episode and a half of the musical comedy series Gallivant on ABC. Okay. And he's still giving it that 110% that you see him giving everything else. Yeah. So, someone that you should be watching the work of. Um, it's very sad to, to lose him. Um, and a little bit worrisome, because that whole rule of threes that can happen with... Celebrity deaths. Yeah. So, worried about... I'm now worried about who else is about to go away. Yeah. Um, no, it was very uh, sad to see that we lost him. Um, I need to familiarize myself with more of his work, because, honestly, all I've seen him from is uh, bits of Blade Runner, because I have never watched that movie all the way through. Um, and then Batman Begins, and... Uh, couple other things but mm-hmm. um definitely he's someone to look out for um and you know his performances are something that'll live on yes so. he's part of pop culture to be sure mm-hmm. um any other movie news that you noticed this week that's uh worth noting no not really i mean we covered a lot of that in our uh, bonus episode so yeah go back and listen to the comic-con one. yeah yeah, the one thing I, that I missed in that that I was happy about, Archer got a season eleven renewal. Which yeah, that made me happy. Yeah, fuck yeah to that. I mean, um, they spoiled. You know, I, I I still have not watched Danger Island or nineteen ninety nine. I know I'm a fucking failure. I so. I gotta finish. I'm about halfway through Archer nineteen ninety nine. I got a mm-hmm. little behind on that. I actually really enjoyed Danger Island. I loved Dreamland. Yeah, fucking loved Dreamland. That that that's. That's one of my favorite seasons of the series. The, um, I tried, you know, maybe foolishly to watch the series from the beginning to then watch Danger Island in 1999. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I got a couple seasons in. I think I'm like halfway into season two or season three. But I was not able to catch up by the time that 1999 premiered and now has since, you know, I well, think it's basically finished. Now you can just play through... No, they've still got an episode or two of it. Gotcha. But you can still just watch through it anyway. I've been considering doing that lately myself. Yeah. Just watch great through. Great to watch through. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never gets old. <laughs> G- great, great repetitiveness to it in a positive way. Yeah. Alright. Well, with that, don't forget, guys, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Movies Work. You can follow us on Facebook. Just look for Movies After Work. You can email us, moviesafterwork at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know how much you uh, hate and despise what we had to say about X-Men. Let us know what movies you'd like to see us do. Let us know if there are any movies you hope to God we never do because you don't want us ruining them for you. <laughs> um, you know, we're always, a lot of the time, um, 
that you're talking to someone, if you're talking to us on Twitter, you're probably talking to me because I need to keep myself entertained <laughs> as much as possible. Um, and for all the people that have started following us on there, if you are listening right now, thank you so much. It's it's absolute delight to, to be part of that community on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, rubbing elbows with so many creative people. Um, make sure that you're always you know, going out and exploring more podcasts. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're caught up to ours. You have the free time. You can go listen to others. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, I'm Thomas Green. And I'm Alex Dewis. Have a good day at work tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.